welcome to Three from the Seven, Relics' weekly news podcast, chronicling three of our biggest news stories from the past seven days. You already know who it is. It's your girl, Raf Kenny Sincata. I'm the associate editor at the one and only Fantastic Relics magazine, and I am joined by the real star of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together, stomp your feet, turn up your computer monitor, and if you have a decent Bluetooth speaker, turn that up as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Karina Reichman. Hey, you do it to me every time. You do it to me every time. Stop the yard, make it rain, pop a bottle. Hello, everybody. Hi, Raph. How's hey, Karina. Going, How are you doing? I'm so good. I uh, I'm so good. It's all good. We're here in uh, tropical storm uh, Isaiah or whatever's going on. Yeah, there and, is uh, there is a scenario going on outside my window. I wonder if the mic can pick up the the whipping wind happening outside on Long Island. Are you uh, are you in Brooklyn, Karina, or are you upstate? I I am in Brooklyn now. We got back from upstate late last night. I was thinking the same thing about the wind whipping through my microphone. So to all of you listening, this is uh you know force majeure. Uh, situation. We got weather, dude. We got inclement weather. So grain of salt with this audio. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the good news <laughs> is if, if our power goes out, I am working 100% on battery right now. So we could just continue trucking. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. You know, it reminds me of one of my favorite radio headlines, which I believe goes, when the power goes out, we'll just hum. <laughs> and that's us, sister. We'll just hum. You know, it's cool. It's all good. Well, uh, you, as a, uh, you as a New York City kid, Karina, you probably have experienced some crazy, the crazy blackout scenarios there. I mean, blackouts in the suburbs are just chill, but in the city, they get kind of <laughs> kooky crazy, right? Well, there was there was the, the notable one in 2004, which I remember yeah. very well. Uh, you know, I grew up on the 12th floor of an apartment building and like the elevators go out. So me and my, my parents hoof it up to the 12th floor. Oh my God. That's what I was going to say. I was so, like, aren't you just like trapped on a really high floor? <laughs> totally. I remember. And like, of course it was the dead of summer basically, or like it was hot as shit. And I remember playing like candlelit Uno with my dad mm. <laughs> on the floor of the apartment, just like sweating so much. I do remember that. Yeah. And like, I remember the subways stopped and the whole nine. I was, you know, four, I was in fourth grade or whatever. So Young, but I do remember it, and uh, yeah, I have also since uh, since living upstate for the past few months, I've experienced a few blackouts and brownouts up there, which is fascinating, and uh, and I would concur, more chill than in the city. <laughs> so, but it's all great. Speaking of upstate, Karina, I ran yes, into you in upstate uh, this past Saturday on Jerry Garcia's birthday, no less. Oh, oh, Raph, let's just tell the people about our personal lives right now. Let's go. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, Raph and I ran into each other. It was a forced, I mean, uh, not forced, but a, uh, you know, a, a semi-planned run-in. A run semi-planned run-in, yeah. A, dro- a drive-by Valley in the Hudson Valley. It was a drive-by. <laughs> Karina recommended a fantastic restaurant for my boyfriend and I, and I'm walking down the street, and in my, in my heart of hearts, Karina, I felt you. I felt you in the vicinity, and I literally (laughs) turned a corner, and there she was, rocking a tie-dye bandana. We were all wearing masks. It was beautiful. It was responsible, and it was a beautiful thing to see your face. And so mutual, you know? It's just a great thing. I'm so glad you guys could come and enjoy the wonders of the Hudson Valley for a day. And uh, let's let's make it longer next time. Let's let's do the overnight. Let's do, you know, whatever we got to do. But that was super, super fun. I was there just for uh, two nights and had a blast. And now I'm back and recharged and ready to go. And, you know, very grateful to have 
you know, options during this very bizarre time Absolutely. in the world. So. If, if anyone out there has any type of nature at their disposal, even even within a few hour drive, please, you know, I hiked a little bit along the Hudson River and it was just uh, a wonderful experience and very healing to my heart, mind, body and soul in these uncertain <laughs> times of ours. And uh, I'm glad I took advantage of it because now it is a crazy tropical storm outside. <laughs> Totally. I am looking at it right now in uh, Williamsburg. I'm looking at McCarran Park and I'm seeing trees quite literally falling over. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, there's that. And to our listeners, can you hear that? Can you hear that? It's (laughs) it's blowing outside and it's crazy. Um, But uh, but speaking of all this uncertainty, Karina, this kind of throws us perfectly into our first story of the week. The drive in shows that fans have come to kind of see as some sort of touchstone of normalcy in the live music industry are now thrown into even more uncertainty after the wonderful Chainsmokers threw a concert like two weeks ago on July 25th in Southampton on my native Long Island. I apologize on behalf of all Long Islanders, even the terrible (laughs) ones that I totally hate too. Uh, But the Chainsmokers, who are, for people who are unfamiliar, I believe a duo. They play EDM music, Top 40 type stuff. Um, And they played this event in Southampton and tickets cost up to $25,000. You heard that right. About as much as my student loan debt, $25,000. And to imagine that someone would pay that amount of money to catch coronavirus, you know, the mind reels, Karina. Let me get your your hot take on this as a musician whose livelihood is thrown into jeopardy because of nonsense like this. Well, yeah, and you know, as uh, as someone <laughs> who has those uh, circumstances, as you have very eloquently put them, uh, I would like to give a resounding fuck you to the chain smokers and this Goldman Sachs piece of shit, David M. Solomon, otherwise known as DJ D. Saul. And I'd uh, like to say that they could all eat like you know between twelve to fifteen sandpaper dicks twice. So. That's all I got, and uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for nothing, because I was actually going to go and see Mo this weekend, <laughs> and, uh, you know, didn't get to yeah. because of careless acts like these. So, you know, I mean, of course, we're all starved for it, Raph. You know I'm starved for it. I am, as they say, hurting for a squirting of live music. Oh my God. <laughs> sorry, too much, too much. Uh, am I being bad today? I think I'm being bad today. Oh, she bad. Uh, oh, girl, she bad. You know what? I could say whatever I want on this podcast. Fuck it. Sorry, Lisa, your mom. <laughs> she's listening. Sorry, Anne, my mom. She's probably listening too. Um, anyway, all I'm trying to say is we all want it. We're desperate for it. You know, the sound of somebody plugging in to an amp to a console, whatever it is, you know, we want it so bad, but it's got to happen in ways, you know, we, we got to go slow here, folks. We cannot rock this boat. We cannot fuck around here. It's just not worth it. And it's going to be the detriment to all of our professions and, uh, you know, livelihoods. And also, you know, for the way the layman, you know, get to relax, get to unwind, get to celebrate life with their pals. Like live music is so important in so many ways. And it's, you know, obviously insanely undervalued by our government, who's done nothing to bail out all of the, you know, independent venues that are at terrible risk. Meanwhile, the UK government has done a ton to help theirs and whatnot. Anyway, we don't need to get into that. It's obviously undervalued, but people know 
how much it means. And, uh, you know, if you want it to come back and you want it to come back in a serious way, you got to go slow here, people. You got to respect the rules, CDC guidelines, nothing too crazy, just like slowly but surely we're going to get back there, but you can't do anything destructive and uh, careless. And, you know, these people are pieces of shit. What can you say? They're just <laughs> like, what? what is that? There's no that. And I'm not blaming like the chain smokers per se. I'm not saying they had everything to do with the way this all went down. You know what I mean? Like who's to say who's actually to blame? But I will say that probably this David M. Solomon, son of a bitch, uh, it's probably his fault. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, also, you know. th- there were guidelines in place and just everybody in the crowd just completely disregarded them. You know what I mean? And sure. I also think... So much of it is like it's easy when you're like sober and in the supermarket to stand six feet apart or whatever. But the problem is like live music goes hand and especially at an event like this where it's literally just like for lack of a better term, rich assholes like an event like this where it's a bunch of rich people who are super entitled go to an event and get drunk and like don't realize the ramifications of their actions. And it actively affected our scene, our little corner of, you know, what I'd like to think is, you know, some of the more responsible corners of the music industry which you know mo got totally screwed on it twiddle got their driving thing canceled so it kind of threw everything into uncertainty luckily i know keller williams and cabinet just announced a co-headlining bill on august 29th in scranton pennsylvania so wheels are turning back in motion because things like the spafford thing in what june or july that had no issues at all granted arizona was not a hot spot at the time but yeah. It can be done and it can be done responsibly. But before we move on, Karina, I do want to follow up on your one point about independent venues. Anybody listening, if you go to the website saveourstages.com, uh, it's a super literally like three clicks of the mouse. You put in your information and they will send a form letter to your local representatives in con- Congress advocating for some sort of financial relief for independent venues. I know venue owners are absolutely hurting so bad. I think there's a misconception that people who own venues are wealthy. Um, A lot of these places are going paycheck to paycheck the same way the musicians and the staff and the front of house people, the wait staff, all of them. They all love music. They all want music to come back and they need a little bit of help. So go to saveyourstages.com and you will be able to just, you know, every email to a representative counts. Uh, So yeah, Uh, now that I'm step off my soapbox here a little bit. uh, No, that is good. (laughs) We need that soapbox. I was going to do it too. (laughs) It was phenomenal. And you know, I've put that link in my, uh, on my Instagram many a time and, you know, just hoping it garners some clicks and, you know, trying to do my part here. There's so much to fight for these days. It's so overwhelming sometimes. And I, you know, I myself feel the need to step away from social media and just seeing like the horrors of the world and how, uneven unequal the disparity you know really is between (laughs) people who have and people who don't you know and it's it's tough but we got to do what we can and uh, you know for the our small little corner of the world here who is listening we know you love live music at the very least we hope you love social justice too we hope you love coronavirus relief you know just uh do what you can figure it out click some links send some money to those who have less than you do, whatever you got to do. I'm just, uh, I'm trying my best out here too, Raph. And it's tough. It's tough to know what to do. And it's tough to know, you know, how to help when you need help yourself. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. Uh, but it's a real thing and it's such a moment and it's like, you know, it's easy to look away. Actually, it's not easy to look away. It's fucking hard to look away too. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's just difficult on all angles. Obviously, this pandemic's brought out so much that, needs to be addressed in our country and you know got to do it we got to we got to you know 
small steps and figure out how to help those in need. And the venues, man, if they don't come back, it's not going to be pretty. And it's definitely going to affect so many people in so many different ways. Yeah. So. If small venues go away, it's going to be all of these Live Nation venues and people are going to be stuck. Those, those wonderful $30, $10 shows that you you loved going to aren't going to exist anymore because they're all going to be Live Nation venues that cost $60 plus, dollars plus fees, plus whatever, whatever. Um, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Do what you can out there. Uh, moving on to our second story of the week is some good news. Andy Frasco and the UN are getting back together. They are scheduling a two-night, 100%, 100% interactive concert in Denver at the Cervantes Masterpiece Ballroom. It is a crowdless show, but still 100% interactive online via Zoom. I know it kind of is taking some DNA from Andy's I Want to Dance with Somebody parties that were uh, going on fairly regularly every week on fans.com. Uh, Karina, this is exciting stuff. I mean, if you were in Denver, I feel like you'd be on the short list to sit in on this thing. Oh, girl, thank you. Thank you for saying so. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a huge fan. I love Cervantes, both rooms, and uh, I think this will be a real blast. And I got to say, I like the interactive quality of the stuff that Andy's been doing. As you say, the dance party situation that was long reigning, that was very, very cool. And, uh, you know, I feel like the fans like it too, you know? You, you get to see yourself on the big screen dancing at your home setup, doing what you got to do when, you know, you can't be in the room with the musicians. And uh, I say, why the hell not? I like it a lot. August 21st and 22nd, 7 to 10 p.m.? Let's go. Yeah. I'll mark my calendar right now. Absolutely. It, it's going to be a party. Uh, that's 7 to 10 p.m. Mountain Time. So if you're on the East Coast, it's going to be nice and late. You know, party on a Friday and Saturday night. Uh, and then also, I interviewed Andy for the new issue of Relics, which you can get at relics.com slash Mordecai, uh, the wonderful Krung Binner on the cover, as we talked about last week. But I spoke to Andy all about, you know, his time in quarantine and how he's kind of taking advantage of all this cool online stuff. And his new album, Keep On Keeping On, which I think is probably his best ever, uh, he hasn't been able to play any of the music live. I mean, the album dropped and then, you know, he was able to, I think, play one or two tunes. He was on tour with Big so uh, Big Something. Uh and then he never got to play any of the music. So this is a great opportunity oh. for them. They're going to play the entire album in its entirety. First time ever. Uh, plus, there's going to be sit-ins and crazy activities. You know, you might be able to party with Andy virtually, which is a super cool opportunity. So go to fans.com. Get your tickets. There's merch bundles. There's VIP Zoom hangouts with the band. You know, if you know anything about Andy, you know it's going to be a good time. So I you know, think everybody should be there. I'll be there. Karina will be there. It's going to be a I'll party. I'll be there. Let's do it. Whoop, whoop. Let's absolutely do it. This is exciting. This is so fun. And, you know, can you imagine, like, I mean, I can kind of imagine, like, you know, it's, it's on one hand, kind of a great time to release new music. And then it's a terrible time to release new music because, like, you know, for our little ecosystem here, like, touring behind the songs is how you get them to the people even more. And, like, you know, playing them, they take on a whole new life and like whatever. And you, you, you know, it's a whole thing. And now of course, like perhaps, you know, digital releases are getting a little more attention than they would when we're all running here and there and everywhere and whatnot. But to what avail, Raph? To what avail? I just want Andy to be able to play his songs live for the people. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. And uh, this is very cool that he'll be able to do that in this specific way. Of course, it's not uh, quote-unquote normal, but it feels a little more normal because he'll be at Cervantes in Denver, a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Absolutely. You'll see him on the stage. And, I mean, I've advocated for couch tour even before quarantine. I mean, I love a couch tour. Beer's cheaper, no line at the bathroom. <laughs> 
it's a great time. Uh, moving totally. on to our third story of the week. Lots to talk about in Fish World, Karina. Trey drops a new album. Tonight, we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, we have a Game Hen show circa 1994. We got some mid-90s fish getting served up. I know this is gonna coming out on Wednesday, but still, we got to talk about a full Game Hen show, right? We do. We do. How are we not going to talk about it? <laughs> so I'm in a bit of a pickle, Karina, because tonight is my boyfriend Jared's birthday. So I will be oh! doing some socially distant stuff with him, which means I will be at his parents' house. But trust me, socially distance, everybody. We're being responsible, masks, all the good stuff. But I really can't play this with this birthday thing going on because, I, like, especially a Game Henge show. I mean, Karina, it, Game Henge is kind of what I would call black diamond fish. It's a little tricky to have a beginner <laughs> or have non-fish familiar people listening to a Game Henge show. Am I right? I, I would agree, and I would also, I would argue that it's, uh, you know, the, the, the nerd pinnacle of fish in a very specific nerdy way, if you know what I'm trying to say. It's like, you know, you put on a sand or something, people would be like, yeah, that's a groove. I'm feeling it. And then you put on like some of those game engine tunes and people are like, uh-huh, about this. You put on like, an, you put on an Iculus. Trey Anastasio is screaming at the top of his lungs. People can't dance yeah. to that. No, it's a little, it's, uh, it. I'm not saying people can't dance I, to it. Yeah, we all love it. If you're in, you love it. But if you're not in, and uh, you know, it's hard to convert the non-fish into fish without the live show I have found in my short tenure trying to convert everybody I've ever met. So, yeah, but even, you know, if, if you're going to try and do it with recorded music, yeah, I, I would shift away from the Iculuses and the, uh, you know, all of the, uh, the read the book vibes because it gets a little weird so, but it's all good so here's a question and i understand you, so yeah. so what do you do maybe you just throw it on and just like say hey just, guys I have a single earbud in <laughs> yeah just toss it on and be like guys you, you're gonna find out that i'm a little weird sooner or later and this is the best way <laughs> for you to know who you're dealing with here you're dealing with raf kc <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> just, just like make I a stand you know make a stand door and i just go you're dealing with yeah. raf kc Yo, what's up? This is Raf KC coming to you live with the boombox blast iniculus. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. weird. What do you got to say about, <laughs> about it? it? Uh, Let me teach you about Wilson. Sorry, yeah, what do this you got? Is, this is actually a great question, though. It just made me think of it. So you're talking about, like, fish conversion, right? You don't start with, like, a game hen show, right? What has been, if at all, because I don't think I've ever had a fully successful one. Have you ever seen someone go, with your help, with your, you know, your advocacy, have you ever seen anyone go from zero to 100 as far as fish fandom? Have you ever helped usher someone truly into fish fandom? Because like I've br I've brought friends to shows and they've kind of got it and liked it, but I've never been able to fully like hold someone's hand, bring them into fish world, and watch them become like a huge fan. Does, does, does well, that make sense? It does. It does. And I'm I would say a hundred percent not not fully with just like you know my coercion. I would say I've gotten people definitely to understand mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. you know and to have deep appreciation for why i appreciate it <laughs> if you know what i mean There's i've definitely appreciation for the appreciation <laughs> at the baker's dozen i got i got two tickets a night and i would take a new person every single night and oh. that was that was charming because i got to take a lot of and yes that's right i it am i'm charming. gonna pat myself on the back for that one <laughs> 
when I say charming, I just mean it was nice because I could be like, okay, like there are 13 of these. That's great. I will be able to like, you know, space out who I take and, and just have one person with me basically. And like, you know, it gives a lot of opportunity to indoctrinate a new person, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like throughout those, I was definitely able to bring a lot of people who weren't necessarily a hundred percent familiar into, you know, decent, like, understanding and 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 stokedness if you will Mm -hmm. for the experience but you know i found and you know as a kid i was always trying to turn friends like onto the music and of course you think that playing them a live show is going to make sense to them and make it better because of course we like the live stuff better than the recorded stuff like as a as a generalizing statement i would say but I feel like people who aren't used to listening to like live recordings of stuff, it's just not going to hit the same way as no, being yeah. there, you know? Because the problem is, a so lot I of these, find the a lot of the live recordings, especially this '90s stuff, like the audio quality is not fantastic. Even if it's like an SBD or whatever, just the technology wasn't there yet. So I do think part of the live, yeah, it's hard. It's like, do you do studio? Do you do live? It's. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I've I've never done it successfully. I mean, like I said, I've brought people along and they've appreciated the appreciation, but I've never seen anyone go like zero to 100 and i'd like to totally i'd like to have that superpower <laughs> i mean we're all preaching the gospel out here you know we, we all want we all uh, want uh, people to read the book as they say i couldn't agree more listen i'm i'm looking to really uh, s- spread the good word as well and uh and make it understood by non-believers <laughs> but uh i find that stash is a good gateway drug just for the record i think people like uh People, people like you know, who like guitar-induced stylings, uh, if you will, are kind of into that. I think that's a good one. I've played people a funky bitch just to be like, Ooh. hey, this is like you know, this is when they do this type of thing. You know, my friend, my friend goes over pretty well. I'm talking, oh, you love know, my friend, my friend. That's good scary is, fish. Yeah. Scare that's the pants scary off fish. Yeah. And it has good, like, I don't know, you need you need something that's, like, not overly weird and not overly something or other. I also find it's good to show the, the scope of the band, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, you could play, like, some, I don't know, if you, if you played Sparkle and then you played Stash, you'd be like, okay, these two things sound completely different. And it's the same band, you know, that's how I turn people on to Ween, too. I'm like, they'll make you laugh, they'll make you cry, they'll write a country song, they'll write a, you know, uh, a, a Prince, you know, knockoff, if you will. You know what I mean? It's just like... It, Creative, it's, for, uh, uh, for a second, though, I thought you said turning people on to weed. And I was just like, oh, I don't yeah. think need help on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, folks, the way you get turned on to that, it's a slippery slope out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, Ween, W-E-E-N, you know, that's it. Got to preach the boognish gospel as well. But, you know. God ween Satan, you know. God ween Satan, you know it, you know it. <laughs> Oh my God! But Trey dropped a new record too, dude. We gotta talk about it. Yes. Lonely trip. Lonely, Lonely trip. trip. It is a compilation. I believe it is fifteen tracks long. Trey is not messing around with this out. This output. Uh, it's clocking in at just under an hour. It's a lot of the stuff that he released over quarantine. Uh, people are stoked on it. I mean, the the one thing that really catches my eye. I mean, the the highlight for me is the track. Let me see. I'm scanning the list here. Uh, I never needed you like this before, which I really enjoy. Uh, yes. I'm excited to hear that one live. I, I'm gonna be honest; I haven't fully dug in yet. There's a lot to lot to sift through here, uh, but it's cool. It's all self recorded by Trey. I mean, he, you know, he said it harkened back to his days before Fish when he was doing kind of four track stuff. 
uh, and he ordered a bass online. He, you know, dug up some old drum files uh, with Fishman kind of just messing around on the kit and really came out with this cool project. So I'm excited to dive into it. I mean, the album cover is absolutely horrifying. I think if anyone, horrifying. if anybody isn't even into fish and like wants to just see what literally looks like stuff of nightmares, Google the Lonely Trip album cover. Um, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but uh, I'm into I it. I like it. I think it's great, and I think uh, I've yet to give it a full listen through. I will admit, I will get on that. Um, but you know, it's just great that like our dude Trey has been able to keep inspired, keep writing, keep you know working on stuff throughout this bizarre time. And I've said it before, you know, it's uh, I feel like I've gone in waves of feeling incredibly inspired, and then waves of feeling incredibly despondent. And uh, it's it's a it's amazing that he has been able to like sustain this kind of creative flow and it culminate with lonely trip is fucking amazing and uh here's to more artists doing that shit you know what i mean i think that's great yeah i mean it's it's all artists can do right now is just sit and play their instruments so good on trey and you know keep on trucking i mean i'm down for all the all of the trey as much as possible if trey's happy i'm happy and i've said that before I'll try all the time. We <laughs> we preach the gospel. Listen to our monotone chant. We preach the Trey gospel. One of us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> Google gobble. Google, Google gobble. gobble. Yeah. Well, uh, before we, we fully hypnotize our audience, Karina, uh, it looks like we've come to the end of the road. Before we kind of do our goodbyes, I want to remind everybody to subscribe to Relics Magazine. We are going strong, still in a pandemic. All of us are working remotely, and we're still coming out with the dopest magazine on the shelves. So go to relics.com slash Mordecai, M-O-R-D-E-C-H. AI. It's the name of the new Krungbin album. Listen to that album. Subscribe to Relics. Get that issue as your first. I cannot say any more about it. It is the best magazine in the fucking world. And I wrote that Andy Frasco feature in it, which is something I'm particularly proud of. I write something in almost every issue, but it's probably one of my favorite things I've ever written. So I'd love for people to read it. Uh, follow me and Karina on Instagram at 3 from the 7. Email us, raffandkarina at gmail.com. Did we talk about something you liked or didn't like? Let us know. Uh, Karina, I'm going to throw it over to you. Anything else before we uh, put a bow on this thing? I feel like this all, uh, this all sounds pretty good, Raph. It sounds pretty, pretty good. I, uh, I'm a big fan of yours, of our listeners, of the music we spoke about. And I think we touched on some good stuff today, Raph. I really am a big fan of, uh, of what we do here at 3 from the 7. And I've been on a couple other uh, podcasts recently. I just did the Back to Basics pod ah. uh, with, uh, with Ben from Pigeons Playing Ping Pong and uh, Luke from La Special. And it was super fun. And uh, we shouted out you and everything you do. And uh, just we're just blessed to be living in a Raffaella Kenny Sincata orbit. So thank you for having me and putting this all together every week and, you know, making it seem like we collectively have our shit together where really it's you that has her shit together. Oh, please. If the perception oh, is I have my shit together, the ruse is working. <laughs> it is. It is. And you're doing great. You know, fake it till you make it. Absolutely. That's, That's the best advice say. I can give anybody. As you go into this insane world of ours, everybody fake it till you make it and have a wonderful week. Karina, I love you to death you are take care a wonderful north star in this crazy time of ours uh everybody have a wonderful week i love everybody i love you karina peace peace